Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berendey, and today I have with me Miss Kelly Mountain, and we are going to be discussing the masculine, the feminine, and the sacred. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Let me tell you a little bit about Kelly before we get started. Wellness work, dance, and event production have been Kelly's main outlets of service to the world and personal creative passions for nearly 20 years. Trainings and practices in Chinese herbal medicine, nutrition, lifestyle coaching, bodywork, creativity, dance, fitness, spirituality, empowerment, and self-development are some of her main areas of influence. She uses these mediums to create beauty and inspiration in the world, from the individual to the masses, through one-on-one sessions, small groups, retreats, and larger community dance experiences. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you, Tatiana, for having me here with you today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. So before we dive into this topic, will you please tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Yeah, I love this question. Um, I love getting to ask this question. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a fun one to reflect on. Um, So I would say that one of my superpowers is that I know my value as a woman and that I line up all of my choices to support and reflect that as I create mm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. Mm. That's so beautiful. And I can, I can feel that in you. I mean, I really, um, I feel your, your potency coming through. Um, it almost feels like this, like, Lakshmi, Dakini, like just super sacred energy that you carry. Um, and it's palpable. So thank you for thank you for being a model of how to how to do that in a really beautiful way. Oh, well, thank you so much for that acknowledgement. I I feel so grateful to be on this path that I'm on that's um, been this process of development and opening to greater levels of awareness within myself and and being challenged of how I'm going to you know, show up to meet that and, and really, and really own that and really embody that in the best way possible. Because for me, my path 100%, the, the way that I'm in service in the world is directly connected to who I am, my connection to myself and the way that I move through the world, the way I create. So it's, it's not only my personal desire to be on a path of development and growth. Um, it's my service in the world. I, I can only show up to the capacity that I'm able to actually live. But you know, it's, it, it's true of everyone, whether they're in acknowledgement of it and walking that way or not. The truth is that we can only show up to, to the degree that we are in ourselves. Yes. Yes. And I think that's, I think that's a really, really important piece that the collective humanity needs to like bring in even closer because it's, it's so easy. Like this topic in itself is almost like, um, you know, it's so familiar in a sense. Um, but conceptually though, like it's familiar conceptually. And I think, um, one of the places that where we're at in, our journey of humanity is really taking it even deeper into our being to live from that place. That is the, that's the key. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, so talk about that a little bit, how you see the difference between the conceptual understanding of the masculine, the feminine and the sacred and the embodied experience of it. Because I think you're absolutely spot on. There is a disconnect there. And, and I'm so curious to hear from your experience and from what you've seen, uh, how to build that bridge. Mm. That's such a good question. Um, so just to sum it up into a brief (laughs) explanation, what I'll say is that, um, there's a tendency for 
um, concepts to be met with and a level of understanding. However, the actions, the choices that a person ends up creating through don't tend to line up with that understanding. And I think partially why that is, is what that would require of a person is a tremendous amount of strength and courage and grit and commitment and devotion coupled right alongside with just a inexhaustible well of unconditional loving kindness and compassion and forgiveness and, um, and, and care and tenderness. And I think that people, I think, um, you know, as a whole, we're really still learning about this skill, this, uh, this ability within us. And I think people, you know, in order to really, um, create that connection, it would require people to say, um, do things differently. And that's very scary for people. Yeah. There's no shortcut to this work. Mm. And I think, yeah, we're, we're always, we're always looking for the shortcut. And there's, and you know there's no shortcut. <laughs> no, there's really not. And you know, what's funny about that too is, um, so I've heard it said in a couple different ways and a couple different from different authors, but there, there's this thing I feel it, it really is true. And it says that the same amount of effort it takes to say, meet one's path in this way that requires all of this courage and strength and, and care and tenderness, like the same amount of effort that it requires in order to meet one's path in this way is the same amount of effort it require it's it takes to not do it and to to fall you know I don't want to say fall short is like a judgmental thing but not fully but not live in that connection between the conceptual understanding and the embodiment um, which can lead to different types of stresses and depressions and uh, a lack of health and it's like the effort is the same in both ways, except they create different outcomes. One so is not optimal, right? (laughs) So, so true. And I, I love, I love framing it that way because I think oftentimes people resist the work because it's because we call it work and because, um, because it, you know, it's not easy. Right. But, but what you're saying is absolutely true to not do it is also creates, um, suffering in the life. Right. Which is also not easy. And it's even, I mean, I think that's even harder. You know? The yeah. suffering, um, you know, most suffering, we create that for ourselves. And um, that's not a good place to be. And I'd rather do work. I'd rather put effort towards something that actually produces results that feel good. And, you know, the path to get there might not feel good <laughs> because people have to come up against their addictions. Basically mm-hmm. they have to come up against the things that the, the self-imposed limitations that are holding them back. And that's, that's what I'm, that's where the, that's where the, the strength and courage and the grit really come in and the compassion and the forgiveness. Cause we have to have that for ourselves on that journey. We have to continuously forgive ourselves and feel compassion for ourselves and love that, that we've made some poor choices in the past that have resulted in experiences in the past, or maybe even that people are living in the present that are not ideal. Mm-hmm. That's a big one to come up against. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, we've got a lot to discuss. We do have to take a quick break. Um, Before we go to the break, will you please tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Yeah, thank you. Um, So my website is goddessmodern.com. Um, and I have all kinds of, um, blogs and videos and pictures and, um, writings and, um, I have some, a bunch of events that I do. So please, um, yeah, find me there. Goddessmodern.com. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So we're talking with Kelly Mountain today about the masculine, the feminine and the sacred more when we get back. Stay tuned. 
Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. All right, we're back. Um, something that you said that I was aware that I was actually reading that you had written on um, your website was about this, um, you know, because we're talking about the masculine, the feminine, and the sacred. I, I have seen, and you spoke to, and it's so true. This this female empowerment movement. This the women have have gathered. The women are gathering. The women are growing themselves. The women are empowering themselves. And and there's this. Like, what about the men? thing that happens because one of one of the most common complaints if you will that i get from the the women that i've worked with is like finding men that can meet them once they've done all this growth work yeah that that's also a con that uh, one of the most common complaints i get from women that i work with as well and i think it's really good that this come up and that men are listening because men we need you we need you to show up and we need you to show up for yourselves in even greater ways so that you can show up for us in even greater ways. And, and I like to create a space uh, for men to really explore what that looks like for them more. Um, I think that as women, I think it's definitely a, a part of our role to cr- help create that space for men because we've we've been on this journey uh, longer than they have in a sense collectively. Like mm-hmm. you know, women collectively over time, we've been gathering for just eons. I mean, this is like what we do. We gather. We share yeah, food. That's we, the feminine way. You know, right? We we're creative. We're fun, silly, we, and and then we dive deep with each other. Oh my goodness! Like we share, we we connect, we 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 support each other and nourish each other. The sisterhood of this world. I mean, it is powerful and growing rapidly. It's so beautiful, and yet the brotherhood has. From my understanding, the brotherhood of humanity has been shattered for a very, very long time. Like the degree of connection and support that we women give each other, that we give our sisters, the degree of like how that supports us on our path of development and empowerment, it's huge. And the men, typically men, they don't have that in their lives. Like there's so many men that don't talk to their friends, don't talk to their family, don't talk to their partners. They don't talk and they just bottle everything up and they're just lonely. They're, they're alone. They're alone. They're afraid. They're confused. Um, They want more, but they don't even know what they want. They want more, but they don't know how to get there. They feel alienated. They feel judged and misunderstood. And, and they are, they really are. I feel like there's a huge misunderstanding uh, around the masculine and around men. And I feel like in these last couple of years with, um, different uh, feminine empowerment movements, um, there's been an unnecessary, undeserved amount of shaming and judgment that has come onto the field. And that is not going to be what helps everybody move forward in this journey together. That only shuts people down. And I feel like as women, it's our role to create the space for the men on their journey. I mean, the reality is it's like this. It's like um, anybody who is in a position of greater skill set, greater understanding, greater knowledge of how to apply the understanding that person has a responsibility to be a shining light for other people. Yeah. 
Um, and, and it's, it's challenging because part of the, the conversation is women saying, you know, I shouldn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. The, the, the men should be able to just figure it out. The men should go and do the research and come back to me when they're ready. And I think, you know, one of the things that I really appreciate about what you're saying and, and what I've seen in, in how you show up in your representation is, is really, it is our responsibility as women to teach men how we want to be loved. Exactly. Because there is no guidebook for this stuff. There's no rule. There's no set of rules that anyone can learn that's like, this is how you love a person. Because everyone has different requirements. Everyone has different traumas that they're working through. Everyone has different needs and different ways that they get those needs met. And part of authentic relating and part of being in a spiritually evolved relationship with someone is being able to communicate about that and to teach one another and to grow together. I, I had to do a tremendous amount of, you know, not to sound um, condescending, but of training of my husband. Like I had, like I had to teach him how I wanted to be touched, how I wanted to be talked to. Like I had to set that with him, and I did that very early on in our relationship when we were dating. And it's, it has stuck and it set a precedent for how we relate to one another. And that is, I do believe that is the woman's job to do. I agree. I agree completely. And I think that the, the, the type of perspective that you illustrated um, at the beginning uh, with this topic is, you know, of like how women think like, oh, men should just know, they should just know and show up and they should just figure it out and, and, and start, you know, showing up in this whole different, better way. But the, that, that perspective lacks so much compassion. Mm-hmm. It lacks so much understanding of the fact that, you know, most people didn't grow up with um, very positive, healthy examples of an empowered, loving couple for as parents. So we are creatures that mostly learn by example. So, um, you know, here we have all, and, and, and then, you know, the rate, the ways that little boys are raised. I mean, there's all kinds of influences as to what goes into creating the men of the world. And in my experience, and, you know, and I'd, I'd like to like ask you too, in your experience with your husband, like in my experience, men are so happy to be told like these preferences from their women, even whether she's his partner, his sister, his friend, his mother, like if basically if the woman has a preference in some way of how she wants him to be showing up in an even better way, in my experience, they are so happy to receive that clarity. Yeah. Um, yeah, because then they're not trying to fumble around and guess and get, get like, you know, shamed or beat up on for not doing it right. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and, and also my understanding is that if that, if that, if the man appears to be closed off to feedback in that way, my understanding is it's not, it's not that he truly doesn't desire to show up in a better way, but he is so confronted by the layers upon layers of conditioning and, you know, just all kinds of story that is disconnecting him from what I think is the most true in his heart to just be able to show up for her and make her happy and provide for her and protect her and, and create a loving environment for her. Um, you know, so yeah, they, they need, they need some help and, um, they need some compassion and understanding and, um, and, but you know, there's, there's a really, I like to like to break it down really simply. I just want to like say women just hang in there because (laughs) there's this, there's this very simple way that things play out with men and women. And it might, it might take some time, but basically the way it goes is where the women go, the men will follow. (laughs) So, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that in a condescending way, but it's just like, this is biology that we're talking about. This is nature. (laughs) And, um, and where the women go, the men will follow. So the more that women commit to ourselves on our own path of truth and empowerment, over time, the guys are going to be realizing, wow, all these amazing, beautiful, like radiant, intelligent women, they're all going that way. You know? oh. And it's 
it's going to be a subconscious thing. They might not, you know, like be aware of it on that level. And again, it might take some time because we're talking about collective here. So that tends to move slower, but, but this, there is a movement that is happening. So if we just zoom out a bit and like get, you know, just kind of like, just let go of like our face being so smushed up into the times right now and just zoom out and just acknowledge the fact that there's a progression and just stay connected to that. Um, I think that's really important. Totally. And, and I'm so glad you, you talked about sort of releasing the timeline because, you know, I, I'm already seeing it. There's a lot of men coming forward. We we've got a lot more male clients now, um, over here at superpower experts, like the, the men want to do this work. Um, and, and it requires a tremendous amount of non-judgment and compassion and gentleness for them to feel comfortable enough to say, I have work to do. Um, and I have sort of come to this place where I know that I am in the co-creation of a new paradigm, a new world. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very clear to co-creation. I'm not here to doing this thing all by myself. We're all in this boat together. And I'm also aware that I may not see the fruition of the work that I put in in my lifetime. I might not see the end manifestation of that. That doesn't mean that I don't still continue to step up to the work. And it doesn't mean that I don't get to enjoy the fruits of, of all the work that I've done while I'm here. But in terms of like the collective movement that we're seeing and where it's heading, you know, that might not happen in our lifetime. That doesn't mean that we don't still step forward and do the work because it's happening and we are creating it and it won't happen without us continuing to step into it. I'm so glad that you just brought that to light, really brought that forward in the way that you did, because that's, it's so true. And we all have our part to play. And it's so important that we understand that our lives contribute to that collective movement and unfolding. And, um, and it is exciting to know that we're all a part of it in our own way. And um yeah, I, I that's because yeah, there in general people can get really down on the times, and it's like I think that there's with that perspective comes like um, it's a limited perspective of like mm-hmm. the bigger picture that's actually playing out because things are, I mean, I the way I feel is like life has never been better, and it only just keeps getting better and better. Obviously, there's you know we got a ways to go, and that doesn't discount there's a lot of horrible, horrible things going on and that, you know, we're in process with. Um, but it's, it is getting better all the time. I feel so. You know, I I had a friend who, he's still my friend. Uh, he's still Mm -hmm. here. Um, who, who spent some time down with the Kogi in, in Colombia. Um, the Kogi are a a tribe of indigenous people in, in Colombia and you have to like hike up their mountain to talk to them. And they, they have come down the mountain in the last 40, 50 years because they, from their mountain, they could see, um, all of the, all of the different microclimates on the planet. And, and I think it was in the sixties that they were like, Hmm, there's some shit going down. Maybe we need to come down. They had never been down the mountain before that. Um, and so, you know, their, their culture has been around, has been doing things the way that they've been doing them for a really, really long time. And, um, they call our Western culture, little brother, because they've just they've they see us like we're still in this almost like adolescent phase of our development as a culture and one of the things that my friend brought back that was so profound for me in one of the conversations he had with one of these elders was um he said to him you know you guys you think maybe a year into the future maybe five years maybe maybe 10 years ahead of yourselves when we are when we are gathering, when we are we're making decisions as a as a community, we're thinking three thousand years into the future. Wow. Which wow. is like, I mean, totally like blew my mind way, way, way over. I was like, oh damn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, how powerful, right? Like this that's beyond like the next seven gens. That's three thousand years into the future. Wow. That's how, that's how far we're projecting our, our decision-making process. 
Wow. I love that. Let's, let's play the long game people. It's all about the long game. It's, yeah. it's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So anyway, we went way, way expanded, <laughs> right? Let's, let's come back to, to something a little more tangible that people can, can walk away. With. I mean, not that that's not tangible and, and actionable in your life right now, if you're listening to this, um, to be able to sort of step in and lean into that kind of a perspective it takes a lot of pressure off. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't still have responsibility to show up here and now, but it's like, oh, right. Like, it's not about me. It's about us. Hmm. And the responsibility. Now that is definitely something very tangible and personal that I think everybody can really hold, um, grab onto and walk away with. Like the responsibility piece is a very potent piece that I, I would like to hear um, being like talked about and um, worked with, explored more out there for people um, in many ways, but on this topic specifically, and again, um, specifically with, I mean, men and women, we both have our own work to do, but I, um, you know, talking about women being like, um, having a certain role to play in all of this, I really feel like there's a big piece around women and taking responsibility for themselves. Um, Say more about about that, about what your understanding of what that means is and how, how like, put into practice, what does that look like? What it looks like is... Um, so there's a tendency, something that I observe in so many variations in the world is um, there a tendency, there to be a tendency for um, women to displace their power to some kind of external situation or relationship. There's something external that they're displacing their power to. Um, and they're giving that thing the power of, say, creating certain experiences in their life, the way that they're experiencing themselves, the way they're experiencing their life, their relationships. Um, there's this way that they displace the power and they put it on the thing itself, um, which immediately, immediately disempowers a person. Anytime we're playing a victim, it automatically puts us in a disempowered position because as soon as we've given that power away to something else or someone else, we first of all are saying, I did not have the power to make the choice that got me into this position. And I also do not have the power to get myself out of this. And that's a really big piece. And what I see from a lot of women in variations is um, there's a big piece around denial, mm. self-denial. There's a big piece around women having a strong edge of denial in themselves that is blocking them from being truly honest with themselves. And the denial and the lack of honesty creates a situation where they don't have what it takes to actually be responsible yeah. for themselves. And if they're not, if they're not responsible and if they're not honest with themselves and if they're in a place of denial, then they're not in integrity with themselves. Yeah. And so, and so if all of this is true, then how does that woman move through the world? What does it look like as she moves through the world with this is her point of origin of how she's relating to herself then when she goes and she moves through the world and in you know regards to this topic is relating to men and even you know to the to take it like into the realms of like sexuality and intimacy how does it play out there um you know this is a really really big piece that like i just i hear so many women that i, I just there's a pattern of dishonesty denial and lack of responsibility and lack of integrity to oneself so so let's talk about this denial piece because I think you're spot on and I want to give people something a little bit more concrete because yes, I've seen it too. And, and for someone who's listening to this, like when, when we're in denial, like what are the ways that you see women really playing that out? What are they denying? They're denying their self-worth and they're, they're denying, 
commanding respect that matches the value that they are, the value that they feel connected to within themselves. And yeah, one one of the things that I'm just I'm hearing right now is like they're denying how powerful they are. Yes, exactly, exactly. There's a tendency to think that um, the ways that they're treated by people and the ways that circumstances played out around them, there's a tendency to think that these things actually aren't in relation to them. Like almost like these things are like just happening to them and they're like not, um, they have no control. And the reality is that the way I see it, the way I understand it is that each of us, we are the center of our own universe. We set the tone and then the whole world around us responds and lines up to that standard that we set. And it specifically comes from the way that we show up for ourselves. And I think one tendency that I see so much is just how deeply loving women are. And at the same time, we'll just pour and pour love into something and yet not have, there's a a piece around boundaries Mm -hmm. and around personal boundaries and integrity and respect. I just see women just like pour so much love, so much love and not, not, not like command a level of respect to the value that they're offering Mm -hmm. and they just get pummeled. They get pummeled left and right. Like I see it like in, in the relationships, they see it in their jobs. They see it in their, their children. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. It plays out with mothers and children so much where the moms just keep thinking, if I just keep loving them and keep loving them. And then meanwhile, there's no boundaries laid down. These kids, they run the show, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Um, And the mother, (laughs) they think that they're they think that they're like a victim to their children or something and they think they're a victim to their relationships or victim to their jobs or a victim to the world and the system and again as long as there's someone to be a victim to then immediately there's a there we're disempowered yeah that's how and and it's and and it's so challenging because this conversation, I mean, we have this conversation a lot, Tonya and I talk about this often, um, because that's very much been a part of our own journey. It's like, we had to pull ourselves out of that place of victim to really be able to have a, an experience of being empowered women in the world. And, and yet there are so many pieces at play. And, and that's not to say to anyone listening to this, who's like, yeah, but it's hard. It's, yeah, it is. It is hard, and there have been things that have happened to you that weren't okay, and there have been experiences that just totally wrecked you, and you're tired, and all of that is true, and so is everything that Kelly just said also true. And, and so it's not this either-or conversation where to pull oneself out of the victim space means that we're denying that anything challenging has ever occurred or happened to us. Um, that's not what that process is. Yes, things, things happen, and we, moving forward, have agency, have power in how we decide things are going to continue to happen or not happen to us moving forward. And that's, and that's a really important piece absolutely to highlight. And it's, you know, this conversation can move into very delicate, very sensitive spaces yeah. for women to hear because for instance, like, you know, it's, it gets into a realm of that's really sensitive around like, you know, you know, unfortunate things that happen to people. Like and, rape or um, child abuse or all of those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's, with and and like you said there's there's so much value to reframing how we hold things in our minds like like you said it's not an either or situation it's everything in the same space at the same time like we can take responsibility for all the choices that led us into this situation or that relationship like however things unfolded we made choices to get ourselves there 
for that to happen. Um, and it might not have felt like choice at the time. I think it's important to name that because when we're unconsciously moving through old patterns and, and behaviors and vibrational set points, it's, it, it's unconscious. It doesn't feel like choice. So, so I know that people often get triggered by that word. You know, it's like, oh, well, but I didn't choose to get raped. It's like, no. And there, there are patterns of behavior and, and, and vibrational set points that are in operation. And when we're on this journey of coming into consciousness, it is our responsibility to take stock of what's in operation and what we're putting out. Exactly. And it's, it's so important. And that's why when I started this conversation, I said, I understand the power of my choices. And I think that in general, this is another piece that the collective of humanity is really learning still is the fact that our choices that is a power every single choice every single day like what to eat where to how to exercise if i exercise who i spend time with how i how i spend time on my own like how i manage my money like every single choice is a power a creative force that we are wielding in our lives and people don't people there this is not a type of education that is mainstream so people are given this amazing power of choice and they have no idea that it's even a power they have no idea it's even a gift because it's so easy to do it's and like you said it can just so often so easily go into a realm of um, being unconscious you know, using it in an unconscious way because we don't even, we haven't been given the, the, the learning, the information, the education around the fact that we are that powerful. We are that power, far more powerful than, than, you know, most of us are brought up to realize. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is kind of going in a little bit of a different direction. We've talked about this on the show before, like in the, you know, psychic manipulation and sexual abuse conversation there's there are people who who are on the lookout for people who don't realize how powerful they are yes because they they it's like oh well there's power that's not being utilized i'm going to take it yes and and that's real too and that's and again but it does come back to like owning it if you're owning it someone else can't take it from you right and and if we you know we all make mistakes we all make poor choices that create unoptimal um, results and you know I know in my own experience um, it I I'm not able to actually heal and let go and bring peace and um, clarity myself to myself if I'm not able to also really take an honest good look at myself and how I created the experience like what were the red flags along the way that I didn't pay attention to you yes. know what were what were the ways that I wasn't in integrity with myself even when everything within me was saying I should do this I did the opposite thing and then it created an undesirable result like really looking at that like I've in my experience in my own healing journey and development, like once I can really grab onto that piece and own it, I can step into myself in such a more, more full way. I can be like, wow, I really see how powerful I was in that situation to create that. And wow, I learned a big lesson. I'm not doing that again. I'm aware. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it helps to break the chain, the pattern, the chain of pattern, because, um, it gives you choice moving forward. Yes. Yeah. And that's, I think, the, the biggest piece to, to come away from this conversation with is that when, when we are willing to, to drop that, that victim role, we then get to have choice moving forward. And that's empowerment. Exactly. And that, like, you know that the more that women embody this and i just want to say women the world needs us the world needs us to step into this place because we really do we are the trailblazers like if we want the world around us to be embodied in these these ways of like responsibility and integrity and and positive empowerment we have to really show up and be the leading example because for instance coming back around to the men like 
they need us. They need us to have that presence within ourselves and be able to create the space for them to walk in and be held and supported in their journey because they want to meet us there so bad. Honestly, I really do feel like the hearts of men are so pure and so good. And, and if that's not being experienced out there in the world, it's because they're confused. It's because they're feeling like alone and, and, and they're just, there's so much going on for men that like they really need us to help create a loving welcoming space for them to come in and really explore their journey I mean gosh there's so many men out there that like can't even like don't talk about their feelings don't talk about themselves like they don't even want to they don't even really you know that's that's we have to understand that the men are in a position of like um just being they're so afraid to feel Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so afraid to feel and to may- maybe even make it known that they need help. Yeah. I mean, I just wrote an article about um, not exactly the masculine and feminine, but just that, you know, hurt, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah. And so I think a lot of, you know, I can, I can, he- I can hear y'all out there who are like, this conversation is bullshit. Men's hearts are not pure. I've been hurt. Like not, you know, all that, like I hear you. I hear you. There are some terrible things happening in the world. and. Um, and, and at the, at the core, you know, we're cleaning up stuff right now that is really old collectively. We're cleaning up stuff that's been handed down through generations and generations of trauma. Um, if you look at the, the course of history of what has happened on this planet, how we've moved culturally, there's a lot of shit that has gone down all over, all over this planet not just in North America, on every continent, there is some really horrible stuff that has happened that got passed down that we're all cleaning up right now. Yeah. And, and, and it hurts. There's been pain and, and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength and a lot of vulnerability and a lot of willingness to turn to this work and to do it and to know that we're not just doing it for ourselves. We're cleaning it up for our ancestors. We're cleaning it up for our children and our grandchildren. And in my opinion, there is no greater work right now than to be able to acknowledge that the people who are causing harm have been harmed, hold harm in their lineage, hold trauma in their lineage. Um, And they're trying to figure that out and they're not doing a very good job of it they don't need um, hatred thrown at them. That's not, that's not a healing. Yeah. I mean, goodness. Um, You know, there's people, people come from just some really crazy backgrounds and, you know, stories and like you're, like you're describing and um, yeah, again, especially men, the fact that they just have, far little support, um, that they naturally form around themselves. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate that it plays out in, you know, violence and, um, aggression and negativity towards others and towards women. Absolutely. I mean, there's, it's, it's highly unfortunate. And at the same time, I mean, I just, I just, people, people are inherently good. I believe that people are inherently good. And if they're not expressing from that place, it's because they're wounded. It's because they're hurt. It's because they're confused. They're lost. They feel alone. I mean, there is a whole world of negativity that they are just constantly living in. And I'm, we're like, you know, to echo what you're saying in a sense, like we're not excusing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a bigger picture than it's, it's, it's a, bigger it's a bigger picture than just um like these one off kinds of experiences or people or like there's a bigger collective reason of of what's going on here and it has to be acknowledged because until that piece is really acknowledged like it's just too easy for women to continue um shaming and and you know just really putting men into like this place of um as if they're like inherently bad yeah. in some way. And like, they're just like out to get us and like screw us over at whatever cost and mm-hmm. potentially hurt us or maybe kill us. I mean, there, you know, I, I just, I don't, that's, I don't believe that I've, I've worked with so many men in 
um, very like sensual, like intimate companionship, companionship context. And oh my gosh, so many men that I've never met before, you know, and it's like the amount there, there's so much beauty in these men, but you know what? Um, I understand that I don't work with, like I work with a very specific, um, I'll say caliber of men is who I draw in as my clients. And the reason that I do that, um, is because again, I know my value as a woman and I only accept working with men that are going to be able to match me that I know are going to be able to show up in the way that I need them to show up. And, um, you know, and so, and, and I, and just to circle back around, um, that's part of how we teach them what is and what isn't okay. Yeah. The more women that are able to hold themselves to that degree of integrity and just simply say, no, you treat me that way. No, you are not allowed in here. You are not allowed into my experience. You're not allowed into my life. That like you said earlier, the men will go where the, where the women are leading. Um, that's part of what that leadership looks like. Exactly. And that's part of what that teaching them looks like because it is, you know, men have been trained for generations to do things a certain way. And it's jarring to all of a sudden be like, Oh, that thing that's been passed down forever. Like, Oh, that's not okay anymore. Like, how am I supposed to be? What is, what am I supposed to do instead? No one ever showed me anything different. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's, that's a really, really big piece around, uh, setting, setting that standard for them to show up and giving them the opportunity to, to show up and just explore what that feels like for them. And, you know, I, I gotta say, like, um, there's a real kind of mastery to at the same time, like as a woman at the same time, have such clear, well-supported boundaries have mm-hmm. such clear self-integrity um, and and really like command a space of respect. It's, you know, while at the same time also being so loving and kind and generous and warm-hearted and compassionate and, and fun and lighthearted. And, you know, it, I mean, it's all in the same space at the same time. Um, you know, being an empowered woman and, and commanding respect doesn't mean that I walk through the world. Like I don't move through my life, like in this aggressive way, I'm very receptive and open. And it's the, the, and at the same time, like it's felt, it's a subtle energetic that I carry. That's very felt. And that's why I think a lot of men are drawn to me, are drawn to work with me, um, in this way, because for them, what that translates into is that they can be safe with me. They can feel safe. They know that when they're in this experience with me, they can really just let go and open up. And because they know that I've got myself. <laughs> they know that I've got myself and I've got them too. And and it just creates a whole different environment than say, if I, if I were a woman who, um, you know, the, like, classic tendency. Um, I've been there myself. We've all, (laughs) I think all women have been there or are still there. Um, you know, laying down a, a boundary and then letting it fold, right. Laying down a boundary and like, Oh, well actually, okay, never mind, you know, and then just letting it fold and letting our boundary just get Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, this is so classic and it's done in so many, in a, just an infinite number of ways. And I mean, so it's things like this where it's like, no, I'm, I actually lay down a boundary and I stick to my boundary yeah. because again, I know my value as a woman. I know my value as a person. And I know that like laying down this boundary is me showing up for myself and maybe that's um, maybe there is a protective mechanism involved. Um, but in any case, I'm showing up for myself by, by making a boundary known and I stick to it no matter what. And, um, you know, unless I'm, unless it's clear to me that 
the boundary isn't needed for some reason, but for, you know, it's like, I'm, again, there, there's just like the power of choice in, in what we choose and how we choose. And people think that their life circumstances are like, it's just this thing playing out. Like, like it's just happening to them. And I'm just like, the more we all collectively wake up to the fact that the way we relate to ourselves, the way we experience ourselves, the way we experience our relationships, our life, um, oh, that's directly connected to who we are, <laughs> that to, to us, to ourselves, we are the center of this little universe playing out around us. So it's like, until we really, really own that, you know, we're going to be continuously, even subconsciously spinning stories of victimization. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I want to thank you so, so much for this conversation. Um, it went places I didn't expect, but it was really powerful. And I'm, so I'm, I'm grateful um, for what was created in the synergy here. Thank you for taking time out of your day to come and be with us on the show. Um, yeah, it's just been really lovely. Well, thank you so much for creating the space for me to be here and share and have this conversation. And um, I've listened to so many of the podcasts on the Superpowers site, and I just think it's so wonderful what you're up to and helping to spread good information and just give people something something to think about, right? So that we can just use it to get to know ourselves in even greater ways, which I think is why we're here. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. And uh, to our listeners, thank you so much. We wouldn't be here without you. We value you tremendously. Uh, if you have not yet joined us in the Superpowers or Real group on Facebook, please go and do so. I am going to give myself a little plug and let you know that if you are wanting um, an individual session with me, I now have individual sessions up on the site. If you go under the About page, you can find my name and you can book yourself a session right there on the website now, which is lovely and we also have our programs where we work collaboratively and those programs are amazingly awesome so go and check them out we're having a lot of fun with them please 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 go check out kelly's work at goddessmodern.com and until next time go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply many many blessings beautiful thank you are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.